0: Name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome, with. Welcome, Ashley, too. We have a another baby to talk about this morning. Another welcome. It's the season of Christmas, and I want to talk basically about three things: the welcome that this one deserved to get, and the welcome second that he got. And third, the welcome that he gives us, okay? So first, the welcome that this child deserved. He really deserved more of a welcome than we turned out in history to give him. The account of what we have this morning is John, the baptizer, who's out in the desert. He's out in the Jordan River, and he's doing the kind of welcome that he knows how to do being the last in the line of the Old Testament prophets, he did his best. He set the stage for Jesus to appear on the scene. But it's kind of a strange welcome, isn't it? Um, I don't know if you, every, to, every year it hits me the same time when, when I, I reached this last line in the gospel account and it said, With these and many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. Are we reading the same thing? I mean, he's calling them snakes. He tells them not to extort. He tells them to be honest with people. Uh, soldiers, definitely soldiers from Herod, come to say, well, what do we do? Everybody's coming in, what do we do? What do we do? Because John's preparing the people for the great king to come. But it's a strange thing. They are in trouble in a couple of different ways, and the depths to which they're in trouble are the same depths in which we are all of the human race. These people have their own land, but they're slaves in their own land. You know the history of Israel. They were oppressed by Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. They were miraculously freed. They were given a land to belong to. And the God of all reality chose them to be his own and speak through them to all the nations of the world. But they were under the boot of the people of Iraq, the region of Iraq, and Egypt, and Greece, and now by the time we catch up to them, Rome, they're under the boot of Rome. They're slaves in their own land. They can't walk around freely. And so they come to John, and if that weren't bad enough, they wanted deliverance, but the thing is, they needed deliverance from themselves, too, and John knew this. And so what he did was he took him out to the Jordan. You might wonder, why in the world did he do that? Well, if you remember, the slaves were the ones who were taken from Egypt, wandered through the desert, went across the Jordan into the promised land. John's basically saying, all of you are so far from the God who called you and knows you. You're, you have gone your own way. You're making a a wreck of things. You're so far gone from being the original children of Israel that we've got to do this over. And so come out to the desert, and I want you to pretend and imagine that you're slave, the slaves that you really are. It's really not pretend. And you're going to have to come back through the Jordan. And to add a humiliating touch, you don't get to do this for yourself. You don't get to wash yourself in this river. I'm going to have to do it for you that's really humiliating to the people of the day because people who were Jewish and by the line, the family of Abraham, when they went up to the temple, just like you and we come to church and we, we, you know, we want to present ourselves as best we can before God. The Jewish people, when they were going up the temple, first they could go up to the temple. The rest of the non-Jewish world could only go to a certain place and then they had to stop. But then the people had these ritual baths that lined the temple area. And they dug them up. You can go see them today. They uncovered them. They're called mikvahs. But for the people of Israel, all the people of Israel had to do when going out to the temple, they had to reach down they had to dip and they basically sprinkled themselves. But what if you were Gentile? What did you have to do to go up to the temple area and even get near For Gentiles, you had to go in and completely be plunged in. You had to go in underwater and come up because you were considered unclean. And here it comes to the root of the mess that we've made for ourselves. It's a mess that we've made. The people are saying, we need to deliver. And John says, yes, you do, but you need more than that. You need to be delivered from your own own selves. You're not worthy to receive this, this, this one who's coming. There's a welcome from him, but you're not providing the welcome. You're actually getting in the way of the welcome of, of him. You're actually making it hard. I'm going to have to cleanse you. You're going to have to act like you're just one of the other people, just, just anybody in the world. You're, just, you're going to have to come forward and don't claim special privileges because you're of the lineage of Abram. So the people have a terrible problem, and that's what you and I have too, and we got it on, it's, it's not just our circumstances, it's not just the people around us, it's just not where we are born that gives us all the trouble, it's the, it's the person we carry around with us every day. That's a great part of the problem, and, and we live with that person every day, what are we going to do about that person? We're, I mean, we're sort of like, I love this, I, it's one of my favorite things, but uh, if you ever, if, if any of y'all ever remember Jerry Clower, he talked about, going raccoon hunting one night and he had his dogs with him and Marcel was with him and they're having a big time and they, they think they've got something treed and so they, they, the dogs are, are barking and, and baying at this tree and so Marcel decides he's going to be real generous to the raccoon because he's going to give him a chance to escape he'll just go up there and shake the tree and shake the raccoon out well he goes up the to shake it, and it isn't a raccoon it's a daggum bobcat and the bobcat leaps on him, he's screaming, the bobcat's screaming, there's fur flying everywhere, and he's, he's yelling out for Jerry to shoot. And Jerry says, I'm not going to shoot in those trees, I might, hit one, I might hit you. And he said, look, Marcel said, just shoot up among us, because one of us has got to get some relief. <laughs> and that's what we're like. I mean, we, we need relief from others, we need relief from our circumstances, but we need relief from ourselves. That's the problem. So why we don't welcome Christmas I mean how many of you walking around in just wonderful great I mean I hope you are wonderful great peace all calm just everything's great we'll welcome the Messiah we'll worship him I'll give him everything I'll love my neighbor as I love myself I'm totally at peace how many of us I don't think so I think the train is too big for the rails okay we're in trouble but John says he's coming anyway whether you're ready or not. And I want to tell you some. And he says this is good news for you. All these things you're doing is because he is going to make things right. And see when I laugh at what he called him he said you know you guys are snakes. Who warned you to come out? Don't extort. Don't take from your neighbor. Live at peace with your neighbor. You don't have to leave your jobs and, and become monks in some monastery. You Work your jobs but just Live differently where you are. That's what he says. And that's that's pretty good news for you and me, I think. But he knows it's a terrible, terrible burden, and only God can carry this burden. Only God can do something about us in our situation. And so he says he's coming. And guess what? Whenever I laugh at this and say, Well, great news. I forget that I'm not in a country where I'm under the boot of some military ruler in some regime, and my family might be taken from me at any moment. My land might be taken from me at any moment. I might not be able to pay the the exorbitant taxes. To a people of that day, word that somebody was going to clean house and take care of the oppressor, that's good news. Even if it's disturbing news. And so he came. But here's good news for you and me, for them. He says, this one who's coming, he's going to plunge you. He's going to baptize you. He's going to plunge you into his spirit. He's going to plunge you into judgment and fire. What is that? Why is that good? Sounds pretty scary to me. No, it turns out it's great news. And I'll tell you why. I'll do it by, I'll let, some, I'll let, a, doc, I'll let a couple of duck hunters tell you about it. I've told you this before, but this is in first person. This actually happened uh, in southeastern Georgia. This fellow was out hunt, hunting with his, with his friend. He noticed some cloud of smoke in the horizon. He could soon hear sound of crackling. Wind came up. He realized a terrible truth. A brush fire was coming his way. It was moving so fast. His friend, he and his friend, they couldn't outrun it. And so he began to rifle through his pockets. He emptied all the contents of his bag. He found what he was looking for, a book of matches, And to his friend's amazement, he pulled out a match and struck it. He lit a small fire around the two of them. Soon they were standing in a circle of blackened earth waiting for the fire to come. They didn't have to wait long. They covered their mouths with their handkerchiefs and braced themselves. The fire came near and swept over them. But they were completely unhurt. They weren't even touched. Do you know why? Because fire won't pass where fire has already passed. They stood in the burned out place and they were safe from the fire. You and I can't sca- escape the fire of God's presence among us. You can't escape it. You can't prepare for it. And Lord knows we don't welcome it. But He knows us better than we know ourselves, He loves us better than we love ourselves. So he came to deliver us from oppression. And he came to deliver us from the pain and the sorrow and the misery and the self-centeredness that we boil up within us and we make other people miserable with it. We can't escape. But you know what we can do? We can stand in the burned over place. And that's the place of the cross. Because this one came not to swing the axe, all right, Not to bring the fire down on the people. This one on the cross, do you see what's happening when he comes to the cross? He's he's letting the axe swing and hit him. He's letting the fire come down on him. He is the burned over place for you and me to stand. He's the rescuer. He's the truth teller. He's not going to lie about you. He knows you better than you know yourselves. He, he knows me to the depths, but he loves me to the stars, and he does the same for you. You know, the, you know people, we, you guys, there's all kinds of, the, people laugh about the Bible all the time, and one of the things I hear so often is, oh, yeah, the Bible's all about judgment and hellfire and terrible stuff, and the New Testament's pretty good. I like that. I like that God, the God of the Old Testament I could do without that. When somebody says that, I know that they haven't read it. Look at what we have. I, I haven't seen it's rare, I haven't seen so tender, so beautiful a picture of the gospel, good news of what God has done for us that I've seen in Zephaniah. Look at it. He says, this is a promise. God is coming. He's gonna be with you, he's gonna be beside you, he's a mighty one, he will save you. He's taken away the judgments against you. He's cleared away your enemies. He's going to deal with your oppressors. I'll change your shame into praise and renown. And then he says this, I will rejoice over you with gladness. I will quiet you by my love. I'll exult over you with loud singing. Have you ever experienced or even imagined that God, the creator of this universe, would sing over you? Would exult over you? I haven't had much of that myself, really. But I got a little taste of it a week ago. Okay? Just starting out. I know a lot of you guys have children. And a lot of you have grandchildren. I have children, too. But I've never had a grandchildren until September. I've got a little girl, little girl grandchild now. Uh, they live in Greenville. I was able to go. Ashley, my wife, and I were able to go last week and spend some time with them. Spell, spell Will and Sarah, my son and daughter-in-law, said they'd go to a Christmas party, office Christmas party. We took care of my little granddaughter. And uh, folks, the first thing that I wanted to do, the, the, the main thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to get there. I wanted to see if I could wrestle that baby out from Ashley, which proved to be tougher than I thought. Laughter and I grabbed that little girl, and I went to a room where we could be by ourselves because I was going to do something that I didn't want people to hear. If you ever heard me, you wouldn't want to hear it either. I, I went, and I got her, and I got her in a room, and I, for 20 minutes, I sang. I held her close, and I sang all the stupid, goofy songs I've learned since scouts and going on field trips and going on trips in the station wagon It took forever, sang all these doofy songs. And I looked at her face, and yeah, I mean, because I was singing it, she didn't look so great back at me, but I don't care. I, I love this little baby, and I am so delighted, and I wanted to draw close, and I just want to sing, sing to her, sing to her. Have you ever imagined that God would, is really doing that through Jesus Christ to you? As If you'll just simply draw close to him, He's not asking you to clean up your life. He's not asking you to be ready enough. He's not asking you to be welcome enough. Lord knows he wasn't. He received anything but welcome. But he did it voluntarily. He's the burned over place that you and I can run to. Run to. And here because of his life lived perfectly in your place, death died in your place. Resurrected full of grace and truth, knowing you better than you know yourself, knowing you to the depths, but loving you to the stars. He's the place to go to. He's the person to turn to this Christmas. He was willing to be very unwelcome in this world so that you and I could get the welcome that he deserved. And that's really good news. Good Christmas news. Amen.